We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Are the Oregon Ducks having the best offseason in college football? We'll talk about that on today's episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast. And we're back like we never left. Oregon fans, what's going on? How we living? Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast. Just in case you're new here, I'm your host, Max Torres. We are coming to you on Friday, January 19th, 2024. Coming to you from Long Beach, California. We are available wherever you find your podcasts as well as on YouTube right here at Oregon Football Max Taurus. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe if you haven't already. There is so much going on in the college football world right now, and Dan Lenny and the Ducks are not at the center of it, but, man, they are one of the big focuses in the sport right now, having a crazy offseason. You got some coaching movement. You've got some signees from the 2024 class you have transfer portal commitments we just talked about the newest one brandon johnson the former duke defensive back on yesterday's show about a 45 minute episode with my guy ryan winter aka sports chat 503 so awesome awesome talk with him give that one a listen and a view if you haven't already but we are just Stoked to have you along for another episode of the Ducks Dish Podcast. So, the big question, I said it in the intro and you can read it there in the title. Is Oregon having the best offseason in college football? Now, let's preface it with this, right? You, you see recruiting happening all throughout the offseason and, and I've even spoken about this before. The, the phrase off-season natty is thrown around, I think, when you have programs that are acquiring elite talent. They're making all the headlines and whatnot. But it really doesn't mean a whole lot if it doesn't transpire or if it doesn't lead to or result in, I should say, success on the field. And for Dan Lanning and the Ducks, we're talking Big Ten title contention and getting into that first 12-team playoff, the expanded playoff. Those are ultimately the big goals. And then after that, you have 
sending guys to the 2024 NFL draft, trying to get first rounders. Guys like Troy Franklin, Bo Nix, Kyrie Jackson, Brandon Dorless are some of the names to watch as we and it get closer to the 2024 NFL draft. But let's talk about that offseason natty and just that that title or that phrase because I don't think it's necessarily the focus that I want to have here just on the the phrase or the idea, the concept of an offseason natty. But let's just talk about how good of an offseason Oregon is truly having because there has been coaching movement like never before uh, across the sport. I think this is the craziest coaching carousel that we've probably seen in quite some time. You usually have that traditional coaching carousel towards the end of the regular season, kind of around that conference championship weekend. And as you get closer to the early signing period, that's one of the chaotic elements of the college football calendar, the recruiting calendar, right? Having the coaching carousel and the early signing period so close together, as well as the conference title weekend. It's just been insane. But we saw a mini or an extended coaching carousel start earlier this month when the greatest coach the sport has ever seen decided to retire. And of course, I'm talking about Alabama's Nick Saban. And we had seen so much movement prior to that um, with, with coaches taking new jobs across the country. But after he retired, we briefly saw Dan Landing kind of linked to that job or at least mentioned as a potential candidate. The Oregon head coach getting tied to that. That was one of two jobs that I thought he would ever leave for if he were to leave. I thought it was Alabama or Georgia. He doesn't necessarily have that dream school job that some of his predecessors had, right? It was Florida State with Willie Taggart, and it was Miami with Mario Cristobal. But he kind of joked about it in his intro press conference, right? William Jewell College, uh, not exactly big-time football. So he kind of said that fans didn't have to worry about him getting pulled away for that. But it was a crazy, crazy cycle, and this mini-cycle that we've seen really stem from Nick Saban's retirement. Obviously, Kalen DeBoer over at Washington gets named as the uh, successor for Nick Saban, the GOAT, in Tuscaloosa. He takes over an Alabama program right after taking the Washington Huskies to the national championship where they lost to the Michigan Wolverines. And then you talk about Michigan for a second. Jim Harbaugh continues to interview for NFL head coaching jobs. So if he leaves, we could see things get even crazier. And just to get you up to speed in case you've been living under a rock or maybe haven't been super, super on top of this, you have Kalen DeBoer going from Washington to Alabama. And then with the Washington vacancy, they filled that by getting Jed Fish from Arizona. And then uh, Arizona hired Brent Brennan from San Jose State. Uh, shout out to the 408, my hometown. They hired Brent Brennan to take over in Tucson. So that's kind of all the movement that we've seen recently from the Saban retirement. But things could get kicked up a notch even more if Jim Harbaugh heads to the NFL. But maybe they have, maybe they have his successor already on the staff there in Ann Arbor after winning the national championship. It just sounds so crazy 
just saying the sentence, a coach wins a national championship and then he leaves, especially because that's his alma mater. But we lo- we know that there has been a lot of speculation out there about Jim Harbaugh returning to the NFL ranks. So we'll have to continue to monitor that story and see what happens. But you had that coaching movement, the mini coaching carousel, which has opened another extended window, if you will, in the transfer portal for all these programs that have new coaches. So you've seen all the top players in the portal now are either from Alabama or Washington or Arizona. And Oregon is heavily in the mix with one of them, that being Washington cornerback Jabbar Muhammad. He told me that he is expected to visit Oregon, planning to visit Oregon next weekend after visiting with Alabama. So it looks like the Crimson Tide are supposed to get the former Husky uh, on campus to get a visit with him and his former head coach being Kalen DeBoer. We'll talk about that maybe a little bit more later on in this episode, but all of that has been happening. And the biggest win for Oregon in this off season has to be retaining Dan Lanning. And it was really just a brief amount of time, you know, maybe 24 hours or a little bit more. I don't remember exactly how long it was, but there was, the Saban retirement, and then there was Landing getting linked to it. There was all the speculation and, you know, some worry uh, within the Oregon fan base, chatter throughout the nation and throughout all of college football about, hey, Dan Landing could be one of those guys that the, the Crimson Tide go after. But then he drops the most epic video, probably the most epic video we've seen from him since the 2023 early signing period when he was puffing on a cigar after the single craziest day I have ever had covering Oregon on the recruiting trail, flipping Mateo Uyunglele, flipping Jaden Lamar, flipping Dalen Austin, flipping Austin Novosad. Like it was, there were pancakes all over the place. Spatulas were, were definitely out that day in Eugene, just historic day for Dan Landon and the Ducks in his first full recruiting cycle as the head coach at Oregon. So It goes without saying, but we have to talk about it, how huge of a win that was for Oregon to hang on to Dan Lanning. That is by far and away the biggest win of their offseason, the the biggest notch under their belt that they have with this offseason was keeping Dan Lanning and Eugene. And then when he doubled down and used that national spotlight to share a recruiting pitch with everybody that was watching that video, or talking about it, if you're if you're scared your coach is leaving, come play for us. Because the Ducks aren't going anywhere, and I'm not leaving. I'm pretty sure that's basically what he said in that video. It may not be exact, but that was what he was saying. And it was just so phenomenal because he is just doing such a good job at capitalizing on momentum, at capitalizing on the Oregon brand, every opportunity he gets. And it's just a masterpiece, I really feel like, because he's done and said all the right things. There wasn't any reason to think that Dan Lanning was going to leave. He has multiple times now reaffirmed and reiterated his long-term commitment to Oregon, saying that he wants to be in Eugene as long as as long as long the, the administration will, will have him. And what that has done is it's made Oregon – an even more attractive destination than it already was. And there's something to be said about how hard it is to find stability at the head coaching spot in college football 
and, and maybe there truly isn't coaching stability at the highest level, right? As a head, as a head coach in college football, but whether there is or isn't, Oregon's got the closest thing that they've had to stability at head coach in a long time, in a long, long time. Certainly uh, in the days since I've been covering this team, going on to believe it's year six now, covering the Ducks beat. This is the most stability that the Ducks have had at the top of their program. And it was never, I guess, concrete that Dan turned down the Alabama job. Like, hey, he was offered it and he turned it down. But there was enough, I think, to read between the lines. Enough people were mentioning him as as a candidate for the job that we could kind of comfortably say that. So for him to stay at Oregon with an opening at Alabama speaks to the work he's done at Oregon, the work to be done at Oregon for Dan Lanning, what he has left to accomplish. And the other part of it, it it solidified how attractive of a job Oregon is, especially now that they're in the Big Ten. I bet that helped play a big part in why Lanning chose to stay at Oregon, but don't want to get too off the rails here. Staying at Oregon, keeping Dan Lanning at Oregon is part of what is making this such a tremendous offseason for the Ducks. And then let's let's rewind a little bit even before then. Let's go back to you know mid-December, the early signing period for Oregon. Oregon already had a really, really good class verbally committed, but none of them had put the pen to paper. So you get to the early signing period, and I mean, I, I was up early that day. I was up at like 5 a.m. that day, and I think it was, I, I don't even remember what time it was, but boom, 26 signed letters of intent, and so many of these guys are already enrolled early. So I, that's just another layer to why this offseason has been such a success for Oregon. You had all those guys verbally committed. Uh, you didn't you didn't lose any of them. Uh, no one flipped. I know Jaquan McRoy was someone who who was getting recruited heavily by Colorado. And then you had um, you had two flips that you pulled off with Ryan Pelham flipping him away from from USC and flipping Jeremiah McClellan from Ohio State. That helped feed into this momentum that the Ducks have. So you signed all of those guys, you kept all of those guys, and so many of them are already enrolled on campus. Some of them even joined the Ducks to practice for the Fiesta Bowl. That has been huge. I don't know exactly what the number is for how many guys are already enrolled and with the team now, but it's a lot. And it's probably the most I've seen since I've started covering the team. And granted, I know I'm on the younger side for, for some people in this market, but it is tremendous how many guys are already enrolled and are rocking with the Ducks. It's just, it's like a, another, it's like another red shirt year. I think is, I think Dan Lanya said something along those lines, maybe not, but it's almost just like, that's how valuable this time is getting to, to roll with the team before spring practice, getting to, to get into the strength and conditioning program with Wilson Love, getting to get your nose in the playbook. All of that is is huge and really vital to getting these guys started off on the right foot, these true freshmen that are now with the team. So that's another part of it, just the early signing day. It didn't really feel like it was the offseason because 
It didn't really feel like the offseason because the Ducks still had their bowl game to play, but it kind of was because so much moves, so many moves had already been made at that point, and you have coaching carousel is already going at that point, and guys hitting the portal and whatnot. So being able to retain, sign, and get all those guys enrolled early was another big part of what has made this offseason so successful. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. And welcome back to the Ducks Dish Podcast. I'm your host, Max Torres, coming to you on Friday, January 19th, with some more Oregon football talk. Appreciate you guys for taking the time out of your day to listen to the pod or watch us on YouTube. If you are watching on YouTube, make sure you hit that like button and subscribe to the channel. We are constantly growing this Oregon community. And then drop a comment and let me know how you feel about Oregon's offseason. Is it the best? In college football, let's continue breaking that down, that very question on the podcast. So another big part of what has made Oregon's offseason such a big success has been the transfer portal. The transfer portal has been absolutely huge for the Ducks because they were able to address some of their biggest needs even while the season was still going, right? We all knew this was Bo Nix's last ride at the college level. So Dan Lanning and Will Stein, they knew they had to go to the transfer portal to get their starting quarterback for next year. Just given the youth and the lack of experience on the roster, Ty Thompson enters the transfer portal and, 
and ends up at Tulane wishing all the best for him. But after he left, they knew that they had to go in and, or even before he left, I think, I think the writing was kind of on the wall. Um, I didn't really think that he was going to be the guy for Oregon, just based on how things had transpired since he had been at Oregon case in point, they knew they had to go in the portal to get a starting quarterback for next year. So what do they do? Oh, they just go out and land one of the best guys they could have in Oklahoma's Dylan Gabriel, uh, the lefty uh, out of Norman, um, originally from uh, Hawaii, obviously. He's going to be rocking the number eight for Oregon. And just how amazing is that, given that he grew up on the islands, you know, rooting for Marcus and, and seeing all the great things that he did, not even just on the football field, but in the community as well. Uh, what a story for Dylan Gabriel to be able to cap off his college career in Eugene in the green and yellow, wearing the number eight. Uh, I don't think you could draw it up much better than that. But then things did get better for Oregon. Not only do you have Dylan Gabriel, who projects to just be a perfect fit, really strong fit in this Will Stein offense, you went back into the portal and got another one of the best quarterbacks who just so happens to be a former five-star and a former guy that was committed to your a guy that was formerly committed to your team in Dante Moore from UCLA. And I think that that was a commitment that was met with a lot of kind of uncalled for speculation or just some negativity from Oregon fans. I mean, even when I was writing about Dante Moore being linked back to Oregon, some people were saying, Oh, well, he already, he already turned us down or turned us away once. Like, why would we go after him again? You know, something like that. And, I feel like most quarterbacks that were in his situation probably would have done the same thing. His primary recruiter and quarterbacks coach, Kenny Dillingham got hired away to Arizona state. I mean, that, that was the the main reason he was coming to Oregon. So um, they, they showed why it still is very valuable in today's era of college football to finish in second place. And you've got to keep those relationships going. So Dante Moore comes in out of the portal and I think the plan is for him to play four games or less to hang on to that redshirt year. And then he heads into the 2025 season, battling it out for that starting quarterback position. He'll right now go against guys like Austin Novosad and Luke Moga and then Achilles Smith Jr., the Oregon legacy at quarterback. He will also uh, be in the mix as of right now. So they have some, like we just talked about with Dan Lanning at the top as the head coach, they have some stability at that quarterback spot too, which is so, so difficult to come by nowadays. Rarely do you see quarterbacks staying on a roster for even two years if they're not playing good snaps, if they're not the starter. So you really couldn't draw up a better situation at quarterback for the Ducks right now. And then I think you go into the portal to get a guy like a Jay Harris out of Northwest Missouri State. Not a lot of people knew about him, 6'2", 215, D2 All-American. But hey, you got to trust Carlos Lachlan and his eye for talent with the work that he's done for Oregon's running backs since he came over from Western Kentucky. Not only did he bring Noah Whittington with him, he also brought in Bucky Irving, who was a stud for the Ducks in his two years after coming over from Minnesota. So now you get Jay Harris, and you're going to get Noah Whittington back. He missed most of the year with an injury last year, so... Uh, you get one more year with Noah Whittington, it looks like. Then you'll have Jordan James, who was a beast last year for Oregon. Still don't understand why he didn't get more carries in that Pac-12 title game, but that's a conversation for another day. So you have Noah Whittington, Jordan James, and Jay Harris as your projected three-headed monster 
in the backfield. And then you also have Jaden Lamar, who looked really good as a true freshman in his limited opportunities. Saw him pancaking some guys in that Fiesta Bowl against Liberty. And then looking at your offensive line, I'm just kind of going through how well the Ducks leverage the portal to fill some of their needs. Looking at the offensive line, you lose Jackson Powers Johnson, the Remington Trophy winner uh, as the best center in the country. He's heading off to the NFL draft. You lose him, but Poncho Lalulu, Iapani Lalulu, the true freshman, he is going to be sliding uh, into the center spot. And he got his first start and had a great game in the Fiesta Bowl at center. So you're feeling good there, but you lose Jackson Powers Johnson and you lose Steven Jones, who played a lot of right guard for you. Longtime veteran guy, uh, longtime uh, fan favorite along the offensive line. So what do you do? You go out and you get Matthew Bedford from Indiana, technically, but he was committed to transfer to Colorado. So when you can flip a guy like that, it makes that that uh, addition even sweeter, in my opinion. So they are just putting together a really, really good haul in the transfer portal. Uh, I don't think that that was a guy you really, really needed necessarily, but boy, does it help to add some experience to that offensive line. Josh Connerly is going to be back. Marcus Harper is going to be back. And then how about a Johnny, a Johnny Cornelius? Getting him back for another year is absolutely huge. He transferred in from Rhode Island and probably wanted to prove, hey, I can play that big-time ball. And boy, did he. He was a great piece of that Oregon offensive line under Elite Terry and Mike Cavanaugh. So you see a lot of value in the guys that they're adding from the portal. But then there's another layer to it, being able to get these guys to come back and say, hey, no, I'll, I'll hold on the NFL. I want to do something special with the Ducks. I want to try to get that first national championship. That is massive, and it speaks volumes to the faith that the players have in Dan Lanning, the faith that they have in Lanning's plan, and it speaks to the culture that is in place in Eugene. So just a huge, huge success talking about the offensive side of the ball a little bit more. You get Tez Johnson back, who was a thousand yard receiver for you. You get Treshawn Holden back for another year. He didn't play a ton, but when he did play, I think he did really, really well and made the most of his opportunities. Gary Bryant Jr. comes back. And then to help offset the loss of Troy Franklin, the record setting wide receiver, probably the best receiver in program history, he heads off to the NFL and you just go into the portal and you get another former five-star in Evan Stewart uh, from Texas A&M. So it just keeps getting better for the Ducks as far as what they've been able to acquire in the transfer portal. Let's hop on over to the other side of the ball and talk some defense. You're losing a lot of guys along that D line, Brandon Dorless, Casey Rogers, Popo Amavai. All those guys are gone. Mace Funa is another one that you have to mention, right? He was a big piece of Oregon's defense over the years. But then Jordan Birch comes back, and he's probably, if not one of, if not the best, one of the best guys on that defense coming back for another year. He really looked like a much improved player coming over from South Carolina, former five-star guy as well. So he really found his stride, and he's only going to take his game to another level in 2024. He's a huge piece of that defense. Jeffrey Bossa comes back for another year. Justin Jacobs comes back for another year. And those are two huge pieces of your linebacker core. You really wanted to have those guys because you also lose Jamal Hill from that linebacker group. So the, the big pieces continue to come back. They're having some continuity. 
which is awesome. You're getting another year in that defense, another year in that scheme. You're going to have Mateo Uyunglele, Tatum Tuioti, Blake Purchase, year two for those guys who were all studs and freshman standouts, true freshman standouts at that. And, and where else could we go? We haven't even talked about some of these younger guys from the 23 class that we haven't gotten to see much of, right? Uh, whether that's uh, Ashton Porter, or Terrence Green, Amari Washington, Michael Gardner. Like, these are names that we haven't talked about in, in about a year. And it's like, oh, hey, did you forget about them? Johnny Bowens. Like, th- if you did forget about them, you better not because we might be hearing their names more in 2024. That rhymed um, as the Ducks kind of retool and reload this defense because that's really what it, what it is. They're, they're not rebuilding. They are not rebuilding. They are reloading in the truest sense of the word because they went out and got a guy like a Jamari Caldwell from Houston, an all big 12 defensive selection. Like that's a huge piece. 6'1, 325, a guy with proven production at a high level, a guy who can get after the quarterback as well. He's not just a run stuffer. I think that's exactly what you want when you're looking to kind of bridge the gap and have a healthy transition between some of the guys that they're losing. And then just looking in the secondary, you go over to UTSA and you get Cameron Alexander, who was a speedy lockdown corner for the Roadrunners. And you bring him into your cornerback room, which is big after losing Kyrie Jackson, after losing Cole Martin. Um, I think that he's a guy that a lot of people might be sleeping on right now. Incredibly, incredibly disruptive in the passing game. I think he had like 15 or 17 pass breakups. Uh, had a couple of interceptions as well in his one year with the Roadrunners. So he's a guy I think that has a pretty high floor um, coming over from UTSA as someone who has done a lot already. But man, like he probably looks like he can contend and fit right into this defensive system. You got him and Jaleel Florence. Uh, you also have Dante Manning in the mix in that room. Roderick Pleasant is another one to mention. And then what What if the Ducks get Jabbar Muhammad? We have to talk about the Washington transfer. He recently wrapped up a visit to Texas, is currently on his way to visit Alabama to see his former head coach, Kalen DeBoer, in his new digs, in his new setting out there in Tuscaloosa. But hey, then he's got one more trip, going to make it out to Eugene to visit the Ducks next weekend. Not this upcoming weekend, but next weekend. He confirmed that with me uh, on Thursday. So. We'll see uh, what the Ducks can do there. I think Texas has a lot of momentum in that one, a lot of family ties uh, that the Ducks are going to have to overcome. But look at what this what the Ducks are building. He talked to me about how he's hearing from just about everybody on that Oregon staff. Definitely a relentless pursuit. And um, I think you'd feel really, really good about this secondary if you can add a Jabbar Muhammad to the mix at corner. Look at the, the safety room as well. Taishim Johnson comes back for another year. So you got a guy who's played a lot of football after spending some time at Old Miss before coming to Eugene. Then you have Kobe Savage from Kansas State. Like that's another big piece. He was another all big 12 selection. And then how about Brandon Johnson coming over from Duke, the nickel who is disruptive. He can get after the quarterback. He is a nickel that can really, really excel and covering the slot receiver or whoever's in the slot. And boy, do the Ducks need some help covering uh, the pass game. Like just you look at what they did last year, specifically uh, against Washington and the coverage just 
wasn't enough. But if you bring a guy in like a Brandon Johnson that can cover, you're really helping yourself. And he can tackle. He plays with some fire. He's got some swag to his game. I love that addition. Um, so we'll see what they can do as far as adding more guys via the transfer portal. I think you probably want another interior defensive lineman if you can. The Ducks currently have 10, 10 commitments in the transfer portal, and it's one of the best hauls that you'll find anywhere in college football. Dan Lanning and the Ducks choosing quality over quantity, like I said. So love how they're using the portal. And I think the combination of the portal and the portal guys that they've added and the guys that are coming back for another year with the Ducks, that's just another reason, another one of those points about why this is one of the best off seasons in college football. And it, it really feels like there's no coach right now that is hotter than Dan Lanning. I mean, he he's he's in the news. He's in the headlines for all the right reasons. Um, you saw him uh, not only obviously say that he's staying in Eugene, but he was – uh, on the set with the broadcasting crew of the national championship game, had that Oregon O patch or uh, on his lapel. So he's keeping Oregon at the forefront of college football. And then the, the off season could get even better for the ducks. If they can go out and add Gatlin bear next month. And he told me when I saw him in San Antonio for the Adidas all American bowl, that Jim Harbaugh's decision to stay in Ann Arbor or go to the NFL will have a, a, a be a factor for him in his final decision. And um, Junior Adams and and some other Oregon coaches, it looked like at least Junior Adams stopped at Burley, Idaho and Burley High School to visit Bear recently. So they're doing all the right things. That's an Oregon versus Michigan battle. I think Michigan has the momentum, but we'll see what would happen if Jim Harbaugh does in fact return to the NFL for a head coaching job. So there's a lot a lot of stuff going on right now, but in a truly chaotic offseason, the Ducks have had some hits, right? You saw J.R. Moala uh, join the Oregon, rejoin, return to uh, the Oregon State staff um, to help with their recruiting operation. And then you had uh, Demetrius Martin take the cornerback's job at Michigan State under Jonathan Smith. But that was a move that I think Oregon was, was well aware uh, was coming uh, for a while. So I think that they've been prepared for that move. Uh, Chris Hampton got promoted to defensive backs coach after previously being the safeties coach and the co-defensive coordinator. So he's getting promoted. Brian Michalowski got, um, got promoted as well. So I think that Oregon is, is in a really good spot to continue capitalizing and they're red, red hot. I, I don't know that you could have drawn up a better off season for Oregon from a player acquisition standpoint from just being in the national spotlight, all the eyes that have gotten on this program, you know, millions of views with all the, uh, with the landing video and just people know that that O is special. People know that Oregon is, is really building something. I think that they have the best roster of any of the new four teams in the big 10 that's USC, UCLA, Washington, and Oregon. I think Oregon is really poised to compete and make some serious noise in the big 10 in their first year uh, moving over from the pack 12. So I think I've laid it out pretty clearly. Let me know if you think someone else has had a better off season, because if I look at college football, I don't think anybody's having a better off season than Dan Lanning and the Oregon ducks. I mean, Georgia is going to continue to be a solid power, but they've had a lot of player movement. And I think that Kirby smart has kind of taken over as the new, 
the new top dog in college football, but Oregon's got something special because they have a guy that was next to him every day, seeing how he did it, seeing what the process was like, learning the blueprint. And then when he got that blueprint, he got that job in Eugene and is applying it there. So Oregon's red hot right now, and things could get even better if they add Jabbar Muhammad next week uh, when he, or maybe not next week, sorry, because next weekend he visits Oregon, and then he told me he's going to make his final official decision after that Oregon visit. So Ducks getting the last trip for one of their top targets in the portal is huge, huge, huge news. And man, now it's onto the 2025 class aside from the portal guys and Oregon's got a ton of momentum. The Ducks are red hot. And I think it's pretty clear that Oregon is having the best off season in college football. You guys greatly appreciate you taking some time out of your day to listen to the podcast or watch the video here on YouTube do me a favor and lock in with me on social media at mtourist sports on both Twitter and Instagram. You can subscribe to my YouTube channel at Oregon football, max Taurus, and you can read all of my written work over on ducksdigest.com. Make sure you share the ducks dish podcast with your friends, with your family and with other duck fans. But until next time you've been listening to another episode of the ducks dish podcast. <laughs>